you have come to meet with God. Therefore, ask and say, Lord, this evening, I ask that you will grant me understanding. Understanding of your word, understanding of your word this evening, to the glory of your name. Father, we give you praise. Open your mouth and begin to give him thanks. For he has answered your prayers. Say, Lord, I thank you. Thank you, Lord, for answered prayers. Thank you, Lord, for answered prayers. We give you praise forever. Thank you so much. For what you will do amongst us, Lord, this evening, we thank you. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. All right, the Lord is good. All right, so our school of prayer before we take our seats. Can we take our declaration of understanding? If you are coming for the first time, let's give you a copy, and then we'll take the declaration together. All right, I want to let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. God is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 Now, that was a good declaration, but I want a louder declaration, all right? And let us start this time around. I want it to be heard, your voice will be heard like somebody like Israel here, small Israel. There are two Israels here. There's a small one, a big one. This is a smaller one. All right, somebody like the small Israel was, was praying, you know, declaring, but it's a prayer. I want that to be a declaration to drive out the demons of confusion. <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. Now, this time I want to hear your voice. All right, one, two, let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Now that is what I call a declaration. And that will be your experience today in Jesus' name. Amen. Alright, can you greet somebody on your left and your right? Just bless them. Say, God bless you. You are blessed. You are blessed. In Jesus' name. Alright, let's take our seats. Okay, I want us to read two portions of the scriptures um, to start. First of all, let's open our Bibles to the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 1. I want to read about the prayer of Solomon. And after that, we'll read um, what the Lord Jesus told his disciples concerning how they should pray. Second Chronicles, chapter 1. And we're going to start reading from verse 7. This was after Solomon had been established over his kingdom. And um, he went and on the bronze altar which Bezalel made, he offered his burnt offerings. Now let's start from verse 6. And Solomon went up there before the Lord to the bronze altar, which was at the tent of the meeting. 
and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. Let's now start from that verse 7. just wanted to put that point in. In that night, God appeared to Solomon and said to him, Ask what I shall give you. And Solomon said to God, Now this is a prayer. Even though he was replying what God said, but it was actually a prayer. Thou hast dealt with my father David with great loving kindness and hast made me king in his place. Now, O Lord, thy promise to my father David is fulfilled, for thou hast made me king over a people as numerous and as, as numerous as the dust of the earth. Now, this is my prayer. Verse 10. Give me now wisdom and knowledge that I may go out and come in before these people, for who can rule these great people of thine? And God said to Solomon, Because you had this in mind and did not ask for riches, wealth, or honor, or the life of those who hate you, nor have you even asked for long life, but you have asked for yourself wisdom and knowledge, that you may rule my people over whom I have made you king. Now wisdom and knowledge have been granted to you, and I will give you riches and wealth and honor, such as none of the kings who were before you has possessed, nor those who will come after you. So Solomon went from the high place which was at Gibeon, from the tent of meeting to Jerusalem, and he reigned over Israel. Please bear that in mind. We'll go to Matthew chapter 6 next. Now Jesus was here about to teach about praying from verse 5. And when you pray, you are not to be as the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and on the street corners in order to be seen by men. Truly I say to you, they have their reward in full. But you, when you pray, go into your inner room And when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will repay you. And when you are praying, do not use meaningless repetition as the Gentiles do. For they suppose that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then in this way. Our father who art in heaven... Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, or thy will be done on earth as it is written in heaven, as it has been declared in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil or deliver us from doing evil. Please bear it in mind. Do not lead us into temptation, the pressure to do what is wrong, and deliver us from doing that which is wrong. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I have read this too to continue what we began to do last time, learn about the higher purpose for Christian prayer. And they will pray along those lines. Remember, what we come here to do is to learn how to pray. The longer I live as a Christian and the longer my walk with, um, in, in Christ is, I realize more the importance of prayer. I realize more the importance of prayer. With each passing day, 
I trust less in my own understanding. And even when you know what the Word of God is, you know, those days when we began to study the Word, the impression we got was that if you just know the keys, you just know the principles, you know, you just know those things, you now, you know, you now take those things uh, and then you use them, I will not say the Word works. I've realized that it's not like that. It is not like that. There are no keys and principles to use outside Jesus Christ. There are no keys and principles to use. Jesus says something, that if you are studying the scriptures, you must be looking for the testimony of him. Let me say that again. Anytime you are studying the scriptures, you must be looking for the testimony of Jesus. He said the testimony of Jesus is what? The spirit of these words, the spirit of prophecy. That is, the Lord Jesus was saying, he said to the, the, the Pharisees, he said you said the scriptures thinking that in them you will have life. You know, sometimes we have to be careful that when we are studying the scriptures, we don't fall into the errors and the mistakes of those who live before us. We study the scriptures thinking that in them we will find some things that we will use for ourselves. But Jesus said, you don't understand, these scriptures, they are a compilation of the testimony of me. He said, they testify of me. That is, when you are reading the scriptures as a believer, you should be looking for the face of Jesus in everything. I hope you are getting my point. You shouldn't be looking for things that even Muslims learn and they use and they get the results. I'm not saying those don't exist, but that's not what you are looking for. Just like prayer, the Bible, okay, as any writing, has different levels of interpretation. And especially the Bible has a level of interpretation that is beyond that which you can see. For example, Jesus said that, you know, the letter kills, but the Spirit does what? Gives life. So when you are reading the letter... Avoid, don't focus on the letter, focus on the spirit that the letter is supposed to convey. Anytime the letter is present, it's a conveyor mechanism for the spirit. It is that spirit that we Christians are looking out for. Please, I hope you're getting my point. Although I'll clarify it further as I go on. So, with each person there, I realize it. It's not just the letters. It is when you look into the scriptures, you will see who Jesus is and what he represents for you in the presence of the Father. I hope you're getting my point here. For example, there's no promise, I found out, that fulfills itself. What we do is that God just gives us the provisions he has made. We'll now take those words and go to him and say, quicken me according to your word. I hope you're getting my point. Did you hear what I said? That's what David said. Quicken me according to your word. What he has written is the basis upon which you approach. So if you are going to ask God for something, never ask him for what he has not promised. He will not do it. Did you hear what I said? You can never ask God for what he has not promised. He will not do it. So the word of God is to let you know what he wants to do. And two things must merge. And that's what prayer is. The will of God, which is what is written here, and then the desire of his people. So what God is doing is that he is converting his people to this place where they are like him in their desires. And once God's will and your desires meet, then power is released. Do you follow my point? For example, if you have a desire and it's not in accordance with the will of God, he does not release the power to fulfill it. That's one thing about Christianity. So what you do is that you may have desires, but you don't carry your desires to God hurriedly in prayer so that he might fulfill them. You go to the word and find out what exactly he says he will do. There are things you have as desires, and you look into the scriptures and find that they are different. For example, that is, the will of God is different. If it's something to spend on your own lust, he has made it clear, I will not pay attention to that. Do you get my point? He said your request must be in accordance 
with my will. Don't ever forget that as a believer. That's one thing you must notice apart, very careful. When you want to approach God, look at the spirit of the prayer you are praying. That spirit must be right. If it is not right, God will not answer it. What am I spirit? What is the reason? Why you are asking for something matters to God. It matters a lot. So please, let's bear it in mind. That's what the word is for us believers. It's a record of the testimony of Jesus. It's a record of the things that God has promised that he will do in Christ Jesus. Will not take them to him. Jesus said, you said the scriptures thinking in them. He said, no. The way he said it, you know that's a negative thing. You think in them you have life. You don't, you don't know that you are supposed to come to me. He said, the, test, the scriptures are a testimony. So when you open your Bible, you only find the face of Jesus in there. So that is why we depend on prayer for everything. Even the word that we have learned, you understand, is also is still submitted to God that, Lord, this is what you promised. Otherwise, what we are learning are the things by which we walk so that we will be pleasing to him. That's what it's about. There is no spirituality outside of Christ Jesus. Let me drop something, okay? I've explained here before the difference between spiritualism and spirituality. And that is to let us understand when you are using the expression spiritualism. There are two things I'm trying to say here. First, let me just talk about spirituality. That's Christ Jesus. It's working with God in Christ. What is spirituality? Taking Christ as the beginning and, the, and, and as the end. That's spirituality. What is spiritualism? Spiritualism is, I want to see a vision. So I will pray until I see a vision. I know the key is to pray is to see visions. Do you follow my point? Spiritualism is I want to control spiritual things. And I can sit down, learn them, and I'll be able to do them. That's spiritualism. That is, I, I, I may know how to manipulate spiritual... Act. And listen, let me say it again. The spiritual realm is as real as the physical realm. Just because we are physical, that's why I say it's as real. Actually, it's more real. It was there before this one came. Okay? Now, what I mean is this. Just as you can learn how to flip switches and put on these lights, you can learn how to flip switches and make these you know, air conditioners and fans begin to rotate and work. You can also learn how to manipulate spiritual things and get things done. You've heard of telepathy. You know, as a young boy, a friend of mine gave me a book by one of these uh, Eastern mystics. But I was already a Christian at that time, so it didn't disturb me so much. But we're just trying to explain something. So I said, well, let me even know what this guy is talking about. So he gave me the book. I wanted the name of the author, so you won't go and look for it and try to read, okay? But one of those Eastern you know, books on Eastern mysticism. And the man took time out to explain uh, uh, what they call the Akashic record. I still remember that expression. And explain how light, anything, uh, uh, of course, which you know, if you know enough about physics or an astronomy, you know some of the stars you see at night, the light with which you have seen them was released one million years ago, and more, more, okay? And um, just to give you an idea, if the moon releases light, you see it within one second. If the sun releases light, it gets to you in eight minutes. You know the sun? You know how far away the sun is? It's on millions of kilometers away from us. If it releases light, it gets to you in eight minutes. If the moon releases light, it gets to you in one second. Now, don't get confused. People are looking like, hey, this is my style again. I must educate you. You can't live ignorantly. Amen. <laughs> now, so just to give you an idea of how far away some stars are. So some stars, they release light. It, it will take a million years for you to see it. So when you are seeing them right now, 
You don't even know what's going on with them right now because the light which you are seeing them now was released one million years ago. So this man explained to us that. So think about it. And it made a lot of sense. That activities on this earth, I mean, somebody can be doing something, maybe two people are running over here. You, you can see them. At, to you, as soon as, it, as it's happening, you are seeing them, which is just a fraction, fra- fraction, fraction, fraction of a second, the lights get to you. He said the same light which you are seeing there is also released into space. So if you want to know what happened like 1,000 years ago, the light released from that activity is still traveling into space. All you need to do is project yourself, you know, a thousand years out, then you wait and catch the event and you can see what happened. Because of the Akashic record. <laughs> so that's why it's possible for people to see things that happened before. They don't have to argue about it. They just move in an instant and be further away than where the light is. And you just wait. The light will get to them. They just see the picture. <laughs> so that is good. Then the man told us about how to read that you can train yourself to read a letter without knowing the language. Somebody will write a letter, for example, in Hebrew. You can't read the Hebrew. Then you can go through some spiritual training. And you run your finger over the words and they'll just make meaning to you. <laughs> then he talks about all kinds of things. How you can piece a, pick, a, pick, pick a piece of rock and hold it and meditate and know which rock it came from when it broke away, how many thousands or millions of years ago? So it's doable. Do I need to tell you? He also talked about telepathy. How you can transmit messages to somebody who's not close by without saying anything. So I read all of it. When I finished reading it, I told my friend, say, so you are, you are still on this level. <laughs> In my mind, eh. So he was so impressed. He gave me the book. I read it. By the time I was done, I gave back to him that you're not serious. This is what we are talking about. We are talking about life. We are talking about uh, how to manipulate. This is, this, is, um, this is chemistry and physics and mathematics of the spiritual realm. I'm not impressed. To me, you are just like a man who learned physics and says there is no God. Are you getting my point? Just because we have discovered that you could press a switch here, you can switch on a light, which we all know, in New York, in Australia... We can do that. You can have, you can control the light in your home from afar. You know, these days, they have smart lighting systems run by an app. You can switch off the light in your house and put them on to give the impression somebody is there. Meanwhile, you are in London and your house is in the We don't want it to look empty. Those apps exist too. I mean, it's not a big deal. So if you know that one, should I be impressed? Tell me you have money. And you have bought smart lighting systems. I'm not impressed. Is that spirituality? Answer me now. It's not spirituality. It's technology. There's also spiritual technology. So many people learn that. And they practice it. So when I saw it, I said, this is nothing now. Why are you impressed? Everything the man said, I don't know whether it works like that or not, but I have understand to know that those things are possible. And people exercise themselves and bring forth that technology and they use them and people go and pay them money to do things. So just like you can pay a computer programmer, you can go and get, have a technology person install all this as we have said in your home. In the same manner that people they call Babalao or DBS, they are nothing but spiritual technological people. You say, who stole this thing? They will sit down there. And press it. They will just go into their spiritual PC and feed in some keys. Enter. The program will run. They say, don't mind that your neighbor that's helping you look for it. He's, he's him. He's in his house. 
Enter his sitting room, check behind his television, that's where he kept the money. It's not, how does it, that's not God. I hope you get my point. No, God has not done anything. Any more than he did when you press the remote control and television comes on. You know, if you use a remote in the, in, before somebody who has never seen a television before, you know you'll be impressed. There's some, one, one joke I play with my students when I'm teaching. I, put, I hope my, a lot of them don't know that the, the remote of a, of a, what do you call this thing? No, the presenter, you know this presenter? Yes, the, this presenter you use for controlling your computer when you are doing um, PowerPoint. You know, you can switch off your screen. A lot of people don't know that. So I joke with my students. I was say, listen, I have a way. If I sneeze, this, this screen will go off. I just like, hey, as I do that, I press the switch. The screen will go off. <laughs> Most people don't know. A lot of you listen to me now. You did not know until I said it now. So don't pretend. Looking like, ah, you do not know. <laughs> but of course, before I leave the class, before I start thinking of a I'll always show them where the thing is. Now, what I'm going to say is that, for those who don't know, it can be quite impressive. And this is how a lot of Christians, a lot of people get impressed when one man practices spiritualism. It's on that level of that. Okay? For time's sake, I don't want to go into it. You can also learn how to use God the judge. To get, you can kill somebody by petitioning God the judge. Seriously. You carry his sins. Offer certain crazy sacrifices. They open doors in the realm of the spirit. And you petition God the judge, and the man will die. Nobody can kill apart from God. Trust me. He has to give the authority to kill somebody. Then Satan can now kill, but then the authorization has to come from him. Seriously. So if the person does not have anybody praying for him, if he's not operating in the realm of Christ, do you get my point? If he's not operating those levels, he will discover that he will just die because he offended somebody. But when you're a believer, don't worry. Somebody threatens in your office that if they tell this man they kill person, Look at the man. Shake his hand in the morning. Dibia, how are you? <laughs> Let me tell you the truth. The man will avoid you. You know why? He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There is no enchantment against Jacob. Neither is there any divination against Israel. That thing is, is true. It's practically true. Now, look, I'm spending so much time on this. Okay? What I'm going to say is that, so you see, be careful. Spiritual things, that's how they, they, they are. You can learn how to manipulate them. The real spiritual thing is the one that passes through Christ. It's the life you live in Christ Jesus. That's the real spirituality. It's of a different level from any other one. I said it last on Saturday. Was it Saturday? No, no, last Tuesday, yes, we began this. That Christianity is the real food. Every other thing is pictures and plastics. I hope you're getting my point. Now, please, I'm going to say something here. So when it comes to prayer also, prayer is in, spiritual things are in different levels. That's what I try to say here. Then prayer also is in different levels. There's a kind of prayer that's at the, is on the border between spiritualism and spirituality. For example, telling all your enemies to die by fire. Do you get my point? Killing your enemies with arrows and arrows and arrows that you are firing. You're not being spiritual in the level of Christ, you are engaged in carnal spirituality just of the level of advanced physics. 
is nothing more than buying a gun and shooting those you don't like. It doesn't make you good. It doesn't make you a Christian. It doesn't mean God is on your side. You Listen, those prayers we Christians pray, we can kill with them if we wish to. That's something border on... I told you, you can petition God the judge. Christians can do it too. Christians can do it. The fact that you're a Christ, supposed Christian does not deny you your freedom as a spiritual being. You can join the unbelievers to kill spiritually. They will go to the DBS and the Babalawos. You will go to a pastor. And you think you are righteous because you came to a pastor. Two of you are the same thing. If God had to judge, you judge the same way. You've done nothing different. It is your practitioner that's different. One is a, is a Hindu, a Buddhist, Muslim imam. One is a pastor of a church. But both of you said today, that man in the office, he will die. That's what you both said. No, what's the difference? You came with the intent to kill. The other man went with the intent to kill. You killed with acid, he killed with a bullet. The, both, both people are dead. Christians practice witchcraft all the time. Let me say this to you. You know this 2019 is the year of the judgment of the Lord. Listen, Christians gather in churches to do witchcraft. But because we do it in the name of Jesus, we feel righteous. I'm talking about the higher what? Purpose of Christian prayer. We have misused that power a lot. We, I'm, what I'm telling you is not a joke. When why I read these two scriptures, you see it in a moment. You know, I said first I talked about spiritualism. You are not even dealing with God, you're just doing physics, advanced physics. Re- that's what they call quantum physics. <laughs> quantum physics borders on the spiritual. When they told Albert Einstein about quantum physics, he said, you know what he said? He said it's spooky. You know what somebody is spo- something is spooky? You know what when it's something is spooky, you know what it means? Yes. Sp- there's a spiritual involvement. Albert Einstein said, spooky action from a distance. That's what they call quantum physics. Spooky. So, listen, some of the things we do, eh, like I said, is based on like, just advanced physics. Then you can go to another level and revise something I said just now. You can go in that realm again to a level where you are, you are getting to the edge of the spiritual now because you are involving God. And that's because certain powers belong to him alone. But I'm explaining to you you can use that power and it is not the will of God. You must understand the difference between when God sits as judge and when God is doing what he calls his will. There's a world of difference. The fact that God does something does not mean it is his will. I know you are saying, explain. Let me ask you. Now, who is the judge of all? God, right? So when some people deserve to die, will he kill them? No, answer, there's no catch to it. Because he's a judge and he's just. But he does not want anyone to perish. Can you see the difference? His will is what? No one should perish. But he has to execute judgment if they decide they will perish. He will still go ahead and by himself wipe them out, even though it was never his will that anyone should perish. What is his will? That all should come to what? Repentance. That's what I mean. So we Christians must be careful. That's what I'm saying. There was a time Peter and Co. were angry because of the way Jesus was treated. 
What did, Jesus, what did they say? Why don't we call fire and roast some people? And what did Jesus say? Let me summarize it like this. That's not the will of God. Do we have the power to roast them? Yes. Can we call the power down? Yes. Should we do it? We don't have that kind of spirit. He said, you don't know the kind of spirit that you have. Let me tell you, Christians, who are praying fire prayers, you are sinners. All this one of the witch must die. It's spiritual joblessness. You ain't got purpose. You have no plans. There's nothing. Your life's not moving. So you're looking for who to blame. I was speaking on radio once. Oh man, called. He said, Pastor, some mothers-in-laws are witches. I said, so? Why are some sons-in-laws susceptible to their witchcraft? That's what I'm discussing. Are they witches? Who cares? Please, I hope you're getting my point here. Christian prayer does not include getting up in the morning. Anyway, I'll get to it in a moment. And looking for who to kill. There are judgments we leave for God to take his initiative and execute them the way he wishes. Please, I hope I'm clear so far. All right? I'll try and make it clear right, as, as I go on. Now, you know I'm going level by level. So, we can get to the level that borders between the spiritual and the, the spiritism level, or spiritualism, and the true spiritual level, because we're involving God, the judge, but does not mean we're getting his will done. We're just taking advantage of our ability to petition as free spiritual beings. We can do that. Then sometimes we actually go before God, and now we are talking like Christians. We are children of God. Our names are things like David, Solomon. Come to the New Testament, we are Peter, we are disciples of Jesus. And we can actually go before the Father. Now we have left the realm of simple spiritualism. We are dealing with God now as our Father and as a judge. And now that's the next point I'm trying to make. And we can make petitions and prayers to him Sometimes for our own needs, we're not fighting anybody. We're not trying to kill anybody. Nobody's dying by fire. We just want to eat by fire. Are you getting my point? <laughs> now listen to this. I want to talk about that realm. In that realm, again, prayer now comes on in different levels. There are things you do, and God will do it for you, and he says to, to the angels, he's but a child, leave him. His prayer is a prayer of foolishness. But you are going to grant it. Don't you give children chocolate sometimes? That's what he will say to them. And then just say, ah, yes, yes, yes. So he's a child. What is his age spiritually? Two and a half. Can't you see the way he's wetting his pants anytime he wants to pray? <laughs> I hope you're getting my point. He's but a child. And then many times we'll come and brag on the results of childhood. That's what I've been explaining. And I will come on the results of childhood. What do I mean? Our prayer is loaded with, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? And with what shall we clothe ourselves? So what do I mean? Christians at that level, they are praying like Gentiles. Even though God answers. You now say, okay, how did you get to that? It's simple. That's why I read the story of Solomon. God gave Solomon a blank check. Fill it in. And Solomon could have written anything. And God said, these are the things people like you normally will ask for. One, riches, honor, the lives of their enemies, and long life for themselves. Just about four things that they always ask for. And please, have you been to a Pentecostal church, a Pentecostal church recently? Have you been to a Pentecostal church in recent times? Answer me now. Yes. Now, okay, now, you get my point. You've, you've been to prayer meetings, have you not? 
Okay, you have not gone there. You've heard it. You've heard the prayer meet. You've, you've heard the prayers. Now, let me, let's be honest. Will I be out of order if I said 90% or more is for food, you know, for riches, honor, the lives of our enemies, and for long life? Sorry, will I be wrong if I said over 90% is at the prayer points? You know, one of the things we discovered recently, one of my sisters actually started it. And she actually called me that, please, we should come to her place to come and do a Bible study. And we have still chatted this afternoon, trying to get the date right. That they have discovered that Christians don't know the Bible anymore. That they don't know the Bible. That churches, you know, if you ever went to um, non, that if you didn't go to maybe Catholic or Anglican church, those days, you know, deeper life, gospel faith mission, if you get, if church starts by 8 o'clock, Till 9, sometimes till 10, in many of these churches, is Bible study. Service hasn't started. That is, they've not considered that you came to church. Church is never open. Yet, the whole place is full of people studying Bibles. They're in different classes. Men's group 1, men's group 2, women's group 1, children, everybody, group everywhere. You have entered those places where you just see a sea of heads. In different groups, they have Bible study scripts, and they are studying, and they'll study for the first one hour, sometimes two hours, before service now starts. Then service now starts with prayer, and then praise, worship, hymns, and all of that, before the preaching now starts. By the time they are leaving church that day, eh, it is two o'clock in the afternoon. But you know, we thought we advanced with Pentecostals. We now start doing... 41 hour, 15 minute service in the morning. You know, no Bible study. You know what I'm talking about. No Bible study. The pastor has been told by his own co-workers that if he does not stop preaching in 35 minutes, they will switch him off. Okay, not exactly like that. But he knows he has to stop in 35 minutes. In 40 minutes. Why? There's another batch of ignorant people coming in who need to be excited for the Sunday. Yes. And then we'll brag on the fact that the church is growing. I'm sorry, I'm sorry I said it like that, but it's a we we thing, are we now? All of us put together. And the more the number of people that come to church, the shorter the services. You know the truth? We like counting numbers. We like counting services. So we cut away some crucial Christian activities. So you now find these days an average Christian does not know the Bible. When we were young, the born-again Christians laughed at the Catholics for not knowing the Bible. If you remember that. But you know, that's why it's not good to laugh too much. Because what you are laughing at, you won't know when you start doing it too. And God help me too. I'm serious. What I'm telling you, all you need to do is observe. So a lot of Christians don't even know. They will be doing what is wrong. They are not even aware. The scripture says don't do it. Like now, I just gave an example that God said to Solomon, you did not ask for the life of your enemies, the lives of your enemies. You did not ask for silver. You did not ask for that riches. You did not ask for honor. You did not ask for riches, wealth, honor, the life of those who hate you, or long life for yourself. These are things you did not ask for. 
And God was impressed. Do you know we still gather every day to ask for that? It doesn't cross our minds that he will not be impressed. If you tell a lot of Christians that this is actually the mind of God, they are surprised. Why? They've gone to church for the last few years, and the, the gist has always been riches, honor, you understand? Wealth, long life for me, and short life for those who don't like me. You're all witnesses that yes, it's over 90% of our prayer points. Now, let me say to us clearly, it is clear, therefore, that God has not been happy with our prayers for a long time. Even though sometimes he answers them. That's what I tend to emphasize. Think about it. If Solomon had asked for long life, would he have received it? If he had asked for the lives of his enemies, would he have received it? If he had asked for wealth, riches, and honor, would he have gotten those things? Most certainly. I know the truth. I would have written it as a testimony. And sometimes you don't know the mind of God because things are not, that is, that's why you have to read what the Bible calls the whole counsel of God. The whole counsel. Please, make sure, try your best. Just read your Bible. Just know it from beginning to the end. Even if it's just the letters. So the Spirit will have something to breathe upon. Some things we'll quote from the scriptures as the basis for what we are doing. You don't know that God said, hey, wait, 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 wait. It was done. I watched it happen. Doesn't mean I like it. Even though the man who did it got the results is asking for, don't follow him. I hope you're getting my point. It's not everything that was practiced in your Bible that you are supposed to copy. No, it's not everything. It is not everything. Why? Because things are in different levels. And God has called us to a higher level than the other people walked in. That's the point I'm going to make. Many times these days, you see, Christians have gone down to a lower level. Misquoting scripture sometimes. The favorite, that is, one of the most commonly misquoted Bible verse is the one that says that God will bless those who bless you and those who curse you, God will curse. And therefore, face the east, the direction of Jerusalem, and start blessing Benjamin Netanyahu and his countrymen. A total misreading of the Bible. When you tell an average Christian it's not like that, especially our American brethren, they don't, they can't accept it. When the, when Paul said to us clearly, when he was interpreting it in Galatians, that the promise was to Abraham and to his seed, and that seed is Christ Jesus. Why am I saying this? We have been called to a higher level of work with God than many of the people who read their stories in the Bible. Why am I talking about it? Where am I deducing that from? God will have answered Solomon. And if he doesn't tell us anything else, we probably would not have known that Solomon could have done better. So he will have come to church and say, Today, God has given you an open check. After your thousand burnt offerings, God has given you an open check. Begin to fill it. If you like, write one million. If you like, write ten million. Me? I'm writing two billion naira. Hallelujah. And the church said, oh, yeah, everybody write it. Solomon asked for wealth. What did he get? He got wealth. He asked for the lives of his enemy. Today, all our enemies will die. Then testimony time, praise God. After last week's anointing service, 
I got home, my mother-in-law was dead. As, and you see the pastors were excited. Every which everybody get up. Your mother-in-law will die. I don't know why the mother-in-law is the target. Some people who are hating their mothers-in-laws, they are wicked sons-in-laws and daughters-in-laws. You know that? You know some young boys and young girls around you are very wicked. You think they are going to be nice? You know, I found out they will still be like that when they are old. You know, what we are discussing is higher purpose for the Christian prayer. God has a higher purpose for our prayers than what we have used it for up till now. That's what I'm going to explain. We need to collectively repent. Any church that gathers people to be praying against, about their needs, about long life, for the sake of long life, to enjoy, for the lives of their enemies, I think, at least, I, I think we can all agree, they are living below the glory of God. If you pray a prayer book that gives you the techniques, the words to say, to kill your enemy, let's be honest about it. When we say these enemies a lot of times, we, our mind is going in a particular direction. I was saying something about spiritual operations. There was a time the Christians in this country almost killed the head of state. The good side was that many prayers were praying, many Christians were also praying for him. So the ones praying for him delivered him from the anger and the arrows of those who were angry with him. The painful part is that many of those things are misguided, they are uninformed. And there are some roles you don't want to take. Do you get my point? There are some positions in life you don't want God to give you. One of them is that you don't want to be the one to determine the life or death of somebody. You may think you like it. Until one day you kill somebody by mistake. And I say, it's not him, it's the other man. See, ah, okay. Ah, no, he's dead. We have to bury him. We can't wake him up. You know, if you lock somebody up in prison, you just open the, 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 the door. Say, sorry, you, ah, what is your name again? You enjoy praying that people should die on a daily basis. And especially your relatives. Do you realize that if that sinful person actually dies, you actually go to hell and you can't bring him back? I've seen people, Christians vibrate when they are praying this year, evil, wicked prayer. Do you see the way they will be vibrating? My wife had a friend that time. When she's giving my wife this like this, I could just say, look. I said, if we can vibrate like this to preach the gospel, Shaka will come to church. And you know what the vibration is directed against? Mother-in-law. Ha, ha. Which spirits do you have? I might say your, your mother-in-law mother is a good person. No, half of the mother-in-laws are very wicked. And half of the sons-in-law are more wicked. And half of daughters-in-law are evil. So, I'm not... And in case you do not know, you know those fathers-in-law, they know they talk. They are as... <laughs> and let's not forget the in-laws. The fathers themselves, the sons themselves. The, you know what? They are, human beings are like that. Wickedness. It's only in Christ Jesus that we are delivered from doing evil. I started this by explaining something here. Listen, the fact that your prayers are working, you are getting those results, please, does not mean that thing is right. You could be operating spiritual advanced physics. You could be petitioning God the judge. You could be asking God for things that he, he would rather you ask for something else. And that's why we are talking about the higher purpose. Last time I explained, the first purpose we looked at last time was what? The fact that 
when Paul, before we pray for money, Paul says, listen, our needs can be an obstruction between what God wants to do in, in, in that, between us and what God wants to do in our lives. So what do we do? We use prayers to cast the burden on the Lord. So he said, the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart. I'll be getting my point. So he said, instead of saying, Lord, I need more money. First thing he said, Lord, let me understand what money is and what money is not in life. Let me understand that a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. I don't just want to know the letters. I want to know the reality. I want to feel it. I, you know, do you get my point? Listen, there are things you have heard. John said they, they exist. He said that which was in the beginning, which we heard with our ears, which we saw with our eyes, which our hands handled. So that's what we are delivering to you. So you say, you say to the Lord, no, no, no. I don't just want to have read it in the Bible. That a man's life does not consist in, in the abundance of things which he possesses. I want to know it. I want to so know it that they will give me a job that's 5,000 and they give me one that is 50,000. And I can't see the difference looking at money. I start looking at other things. And money will be the last thing. And I, you know, I, I don't want to like I'm just living by faith. No, I want to do it because I believe and know it to be true. And that becomes a serious prayer point. And I, I'm not coming out of this garden until that thing is really my life. The Paul made a statement and said, I have coveted nobody's goods. Uh-uh. That Paul, they sent him, I mean, he just, just finished preaching, put on his phone, alert. Five millionaire, man of God. You, you know, just to say thank you for what God has used you to do. And they said, hey, who sent it? He said, eh, ah, didn't work here. All right, that's good. And then they, oh, oh, three days later, ah, wait, 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 wait. Oh, Joseph sent money. Ah, how are you? God bless you. I, I, I'm, I'm happy you, rek- you rekindled your love for us again. Uh, no, honestly. <laughs> if I were giving out the money because, <laughs> you know, I'm not even thinking about it. I'm not excited because of that. I, didn't, I, didn't even re- I, I got home, didn't even remember to tell my wife, Ah, more. Oh, I don't get a lot. God, <laughs> no, no, no. Didn't even think about it. If I maybe even forgot your wife that picked the phone and said, Ah, Honey, come, come. What is this? He said, oh, yeah, that was three days ago. Oh, that young man would think we're angry with him. I've never told him thank you. Ah, three days ago. That if you told Paul, who has a testimony? He won't come to, he won't remember to say, praise God. Last week, my enemies think I would die of hunger. But I don't get a lot. God do it. They be one still my joy. But God do it. <laughs> Oh, we don't think, do you get my point? The man wasn't thinking in that direction. The man would just say, ah, oh, thank God for this guy. So he cannot give out that amount of money. I thank God that people, like, some other people get, get this kind of money. The first thing they do is to go and buy, you know, a, a, a Lamborghini. But thank God that his memory, you know, just ah, God will bless him. And they're just so concerned about him. Oh, thank God for his life. Thank God. Oh, he, just him, him, him. As for you. So what's the difference? I'm just as happy as I was. The morning that day and after the alert entered and nothing has changed. Now, these are the things that God says we use prayer for. It's not just, I like what my pastor would say those days. <laughs> he said there are some things you don't discover by study. You discover them from experience. I hope you're getting my point. That you come to know it. I like what Maurice Aurelio used to say. Maurice Aurelio said, listen, listen, listen. That he's praying for you. 
talking about evangelism, that God will give you an experience so that next time you see a blind man, you won't hesitate to pray. So some things come out of experience. So that you pray. I say, God, ah, how can a man speak like this? And me, I'm still getting excited over 10,000 naira. No. It becomes what? Prayer. That's what Jesus expects prayer to be for. That's why Paul wrote letters to people that were poor, did not remember to pray for them, that they would have money. Now I was thinking about it, and I became more convinced. I never really thought so before, but now I'm, I'm, I think I'm sure. When Jesus said, give us the day our daily bread, he was not talking about food. No, he wasn't talking about food. He was not talking about food. Read the context of everything he said. He was not talking about food. Because if it was talking about food, why did he forget protection? Why did he forget healing? He said, give us this day our daily bread. And he said, okay, what was he talking about? When he spoke, what did he say to them? He said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. Will it take the same people to be praying for physical bread? No, I am convinced that when he said, give us this day our daily bread, what was he saying? Man shall not live by what? Bread alone, but by what? By every word. What was he saying? God, there is a word we need for each season. Please give it to us. It was, it didn't mean loaves of bread. When he said, give us this day our daily bread, he was saying we are stepping into a new season. Ah, one of the things that look, when I want to pray these days, when I start praying, no matter, you know, my, my spirit starts scanning. I don't know how I discovered it. No matter there's a scripture with which I pray. I discovered the thing I want to pray for. You know, you, you, experience will bring it up to you, you know. Then I start looking, then usually ask my wife, I say, look, this prayer, there's one thing we're praying for recently. There's one scripture I just used to pray. I want to pray to you today, weeks after. I said, the Lord builds a house, the labor in vain who builds it. It sounds like a very fun scripture, but that's the one I keep quoting. That is, each experience of your life, each season of your life, there is a word that carries you into it. There is a word. There is a word that carries you into it. And when Jesus said, pray, give us this day our daily bread. He was not talking about give us this day our daily Okwa, thank you very much. He wasn't talking about give us your daily okwa. No, 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 no. He wasn't talking about okwa. He wasn't talking about physical food. So we are going to face giants. How do we go? How do we go? Yes, we have our weapons. We have our bow, arrow, everything. We have all the men who are ready to fight. But is that what will, give us, what will carry us there? They knew, no, that would not carry us. What will carry us? Then they will pray. A prophet will now say that believe in the Lord thy God, so you will be established. Uh, established. Believe also his prophets, so you will, pro- you will prosper. So this is what you are going to go with. You will not need to fight. Do you get my point? In this battle. So he said, good, that's the word from heaven. We will not need to fight in this battle. So they proceed to battle knowing that they are not, they are not going to fight. Don't worry about it. That word carries them. That's what he meant when he said, give us what? This day. Our daily bread. Jesus was not teaching his people to go and kneel down and start praying for food. No, he could not have been doing that. He, because you read the whole, you know, I, I said earlier, we must study what? The whole counsel of God. At the point I told them, beware of the living of the Pharisees. Not understanding this, they went and said, <laughs> you know, Jesus never liked their bakery. Pharisees are not trustworthy people. The way of the living of the Pharisees. You know where we are going? You know, immediately after Capernaum, you know that big bakery? You understand? That Jewish bread incorporated company. It's a Pharisee that owns it. 
He doesn't trust those people. He doesn't trust them. You know what they said? They checked. They didn't carry. They said because we didn't carry bread. So they said that now we are, you have forced us now to buy bread from the Pharisees. You know what, they, what Jesus did? He was angry. You know how he reacted? He was angry. He said, I'll be saying things like this because you didn't carry food. What's wrong with you people? Where were you when we fed 5,000? How much was left over? He counted for them. He said, so with that kind of experience, you still think I have time to comment on the fact that he did not carry bread. I'm so disappointed in you. That's what he said. Therefore, he wasn't telling them, pray, give us this day, our daily Pharisees' bread. No. He was saying, I'm about to step into a season of life. Now I've been appointed a governor of a state. I'm now a vice chancellor. I'm about to start a ministry. I'm getting married next week. You understand? Or, ah, Lord, I was just joking, you know, when I told that girl, marry me, she went and agreed, oh, marry some people that why, 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 why do you think Dwoke is married now? <laughs> you see fine girl, he said marry me. The girl is okay now. <laughs> he had to go and see the father. The Lord is good. When that kind of good thing happens to you, are you getting my point? The Bible says he that finds a wife finds a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> nothing's favor of the Lord. Speaking from experience, amen. <laughs> the guy this might say, Why are you people oppressing us? Don't worry, let's prophesy. Your time shall come. <laughs> now, sometimes you get into that kind of situation suddenly. Say, How do we move on? Jesus didn't say, Go and pray for money. He said, Go and pray. You understand? To say, Lord, give me what? The bread for this season. With which word will I step into this next season? You have been serving the master for a long time, the way we do in some of our businesses. And now they've settled you, or they are settling you next week, or they've settled you. The man has released money, has bought equipment, he has rented the business premises for you, and you are dedicating it on Sunday. Business starts on Monday. It's just four or five days to Sunday. And you don't have a word yet. Jesus said, and you are sleeping. <laughs> I hope you are getting my point. He said, what do you go and do? You go and pray. Give us this day our daily bread. That is, we are stepping into a new season. You've heard people talk about her. You can't compete with Dangote. He controls all the sugar. You can't compete with Dangote. He controls all the cement. Listen to me. Those are words written in hell. Those are satanic words that Christians must never utter. Did you hear what I said? There are things you say. You are insulting God. You wake up in the morning, God, worker. Father in heaven, you be father. Uh-huh. You really are father. Where Dangote is. Real fathers are building refineries. See you. Ordinary creator, heaven and earth. Now you sabi. As stupid as what I have said sounds, that's precisely what we do when we make certain statements. You are saying the power belongs to Aliko. The power belongs to Otedola. The power Belongs to Buhari. The power belongs to Buruburu. They say, listen, if those men are not on your side, there's nothing you can do. Listen to me. Listen to me. If you make that statement from today, then this is your portion. And that's putting it nicely. Root canal treatment without anesthesia. Uh-huh. Those who have felt it, they are shouting, ah, it's better than hellfire. 
still, you don't. Ah, the power belongs to God. You know what Joshua said? He said, if God, Caleb and Joshua, Caleb especially, if, they are, if God is on our side, their defenses have departed from them. You know, a man's wealth, the Bible says, is his defense. I don't know what I hear what I say there. So he said, if the Lord is on our side, forget how rich they are. Their defenses have departed from us. You see, you want to enter into... Christians will tell you, no, these are the men who control it. These are the men who... You'll be looking and say, and you call yourself a believer. What do we do with prayer? That's what I'm trying to explain. When it says, bread, give us this day our daily bread. Say, Lord, (laughs) I'm about to go to Mount Horeb. My name is Elijah. How do I get to Mount Horeb? Then we start praying. An angel will now arrive. This is your daily bread. Elijah will eat angel's food. Angel says, wait, that's another round. Take it. Because the journey is long. You cannot face a long journey, the difficult things of this life, without a word. I don't mean reading Genesis chapter 1, you know. And listen, God who put his word together knows the one he has specifically packaged for each season of your life. There's a word that will come. It's a simple word that everybody thinks. But there's a way it comes to you. You will use it to literally move a mountain. I don't mean figuratively that. No, you look. You want to construct a road. You are an engineer. They say this igneous rock, the tap root is in the... I don't know the layers of the earth. Who can tell me which one is below the one that we can get to? I don't know. Somebody says stratosphere. Stratosphere, is that not upstairs? Stratosphere is upstairs now. I bet they can easy. you. Don't enjoy yourself. Huh? They will tell that this rock, this is just an outcropping. The whole base is Oluma rock. And you have to crack it. It's not crackable. Ah, it will look. Suddenly, a simple scripture will just come to you. Who are you, old mountain, that stands before the, before the river you shall become a play? Remember, this engineering. So let me tell you something. Laying out of hands will not work. Now, it will work, but not like you lay hands. A kabosha kota yabada. The rock just split. To the left, to the right, say Moses, pass through. No, 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 no. no. You will just go home and sleep. You've declared that word, then you have a dream. And you see two men doing something that did not teach you in school. You know, I'm convinced. I've seen many things. They'll tell me, this scientist decoded this. I say, no. No human mind can decode this thing you are saying. A lot of those scientists decode their revelations. But because the human, you know, the human structure will not accept revelation, they just tell you that, okay, I found it. I say, it is true, it is true. They leave it like that. That's why the, the man I quote all the time, Charles Towns, Alright, Charles Town said, look, how did I know about the microwave amplification, which became you know, laser later, you know, light amplification? He said it was a revelation. I was in a park. It just dropped in my head. All of us have heard of Kekule's structure. I was watching one the other day, how one scientist decoded how bees, you understand, pass information through their dance. I said, a human mind decoded this. It's not possible. Men get things by revelation. Pastor Adeboye will tell you that when he was doing it, I think he's PhD or something. He's a mathematician. And if you know advanced mathematical calculations, don't be small thing. He said he had these long calculations to decipher. He did not know how to go about it. Then suddenly, he, a revelation of Moses and the Red Sea came to him. So he arranged his equation in two parts. He divided it into two and it was solved. 
So, as an engineer like that, you just go home and you sleep. You just see, and it's two angels. Who just see them. They are drilling from one corner, packing something. You will see exactly how they are using their dynamite. You will see the lines they drew. All of this, it will look like a dream. I have found out dreams don't really last as long as they appear. Dreams are dropped in your head in one second. Your, your brain just arranges it into time. Whichever we understood, at least get your dream in Jesus' name. <laughs> you are looking at me as if I spoke Greek. What, what, what I say? God just dropped something in your mind. Bam. The more you think about it, the more it's played out. You will see the lines they drew. You will see how they put their tangent, how they went like this. You will see the calculation. Suddenly it will become clear to you. It won't become clear to me like that because I'm not an engineer. Are you getting my point? It will not be clear to other people. An accountant will not be able to make sense out of what those angels are doing. But because God has given you a foundational training before that time, suddenly what they are doing, boom, everything will make sense. You come back next day, your contractor say, boys, we are taking that thing down. Say, okay, we will need like five, this one, five, 500 tons of dynamite. Say this one, no, we are doing it with 20. Say, sir, it's not possible. Say, watch me. They see you wear construction cap, wear this thing. Yeah, carry your boys. Oh, yeah, drill here, drill here. Pack. No, 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 no. You don't need that amount of charge. That is, he says, sir, this will not even begin to heat up. Not to talk about cracking this igneous rock. Who's paying you? So, God, now you. Who bought the dynamite? Now you. Now, do exactly as I have said. But then they finish drilling, drilling. You wire the thing in a particular way. They've never seen that kind of thing. They say, is this man all right? Now, so, yeah, detonate. Bam! Explosion will go off. No crack in the rock. You also saw it in the vision. It didn't crack the first time. But you have weakened it down to the core of the earth. But they don't know that. They say, oh, God, shut up. Who's paying you? It's me. Who bought the dynamite? It is me. Oh, yeah? Do it again. And then they do it the third time. They see you. This mountain has been removed. I hope I get my point. Then we say, ah, oh, God, you get sense. So we say, no, there is a spirit in man. And the inspiration of the Almighty giveth him understanding. They say, oh, this man is very wise. Next thing you know, they've written a scientific publication on how to blow the hardest rock. Before you know what's happening, it's now being used in Thailand, in the U.S., in South Africa. They now call it the, who's the closest engineer to me? Any engineer on this first row? Are you an engineer? Okay, if you're an engineer, give me your name. Now, I want to use your name for something good, though. All of them are there, they are they fear now. Why now? Okay, 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 okay. They will call it a, the Kingdom World Engineer Technique. Che, are you happy like that? <laughs> they will call it your technique. And listen, a lot of things we use on this day, that's how they come. That is how they come. You now say it's your technique. No, it's not your technique. It's just that you are the one that God spoke that thing through. I hope you're getting my point. Now, it will not, you know, I discussed some time ago what I call the simplicity of divine intervention. That is, even though it is God, it comes out simply. So it will make sense. They now say, okay, okay, yes, they now understand the way the principles work. But nobody knew it until you went there. But actually, it was the word that you came with. It will cut down the cost of construction in that area, maybe by 500 million naira. They say, okay, we'll use that technique. So next thing you know, it is used to drop the cost of construction in hard terrains all over the world. Why? Because you prayed one prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. That bread is not wheat and oil and uh, living of the Pharisees. No. That bread 
is a spirit that God puts inside his children through which he speaks to them for that season. Do you get what I'm going to say here? We're talking about the higher purpose of prayer. We take the breath. So that's what we do with it. Not trying to kill enemies. Listen, enemies die naturally if you are making your progress. All this one, die, die, die. It shows you are not going anywhere. That's not an insult. I'm just describing your life for you did not know. That even if they are, after they have died, you still won't shift. That's the point I make. They are not the obstruction. The only reason why they remain there is because you are not advancing. Do you know that God commanded the people in the land of Israel to remain until the Israelites come to take the land? No, that's what he said. It's only as the Israelites are advancing that they start giving way. You now hear that, ah, they are coming your direction, they will run. Some will not want to run. They will, will stay. The Israelites will fight them and win. But the land, listen to this, God never allowed the land to be fallow. He told them. He told them, he said, if I leave it empty, weeds will take over, wild animals will come there, another set of problems will come. So let me leave them to be farming the land. There are many people you sing their songs today. God said, you know why they are still holding those companies and doing those big businesses, holding political office? Say why? Say my children have not advanced. Say these ones. You know, no, read your dad. They said they are not my children. You know what I mean? Say the way they are behaving. Say when they advance, I will remove people for them. Yeah, you leave. Why? Eh? My son has come. You leave. The power belongs to God. That's my daughter's face. But I've been here for the last fifteen years. Eh? They cannot agree to do. She did not agree to do what I said she should do. Now that she has woken up, you have to move. That's what God does with enemies. There are some enemies they must leave. They can't die. You know why? They are walking. They are walking. If you know the way God does things, He said, Listen, okay, you say I should kill everybody. Wait, wait. The work this man is doing, can you do it? He said, No, but I'll let him die first. God <laughs> said, Listen, your stupidity is only for you. I'm not going to participate. So. The man will stay there until somebody is ready. I know he's wicked, but who else will do his job? Many of us don't know these things. A lot of the so-called die-die people, they just say they can't die. They are too useful. They are too useful. They are so useful, nobody is dying. My emphasis there is that don't worry about your enemies. And listen, I just feel like saying this. Many of the so-called, today, mother in law's day, that ring you are wearing, what does it say actually? It shows you are single. Okay. Yes. The, the rings look alike, but they say different things. By the position of the finger, you shall know. Then, okay, hallelujah. Give the Lord a wiper with your left hand. <laughs> the Lord is good. I said, The Lord is good. I said, Let me drop this before we go. Many of these so-called witches, mother-in-law, father-in-law, you know the result? You know what started it? Fearful and wicked children and children-in-law. I hope you're getting my point. You know, some people were brought up with fear of mother-in-law. So as soon as they married, they started protecting their husband. And that spirit spread across the whole family as this girl is a bad girl. So they bought enmity from day one. Especially maybe their own... You know, some people grew up in homes where their grandmother was a witch. They were told, I hope you know those people are not witches. I hope you know majority are not, they're not witching anything. Sometimes when you don't have money, when you are poor, you start behaving like you're a witch. But yeah, really, you're not a witch. 
No, poverty has a, all kinds of manifestations. I, I, I'm not joking. What I'm about to tell you. Sometimes nutritional deficiency, say, you, will be, you will decrease. That is, the problem is B1, B2, B6 deficit. No, go and, no, 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 no. You people are laughing at me. I'm telling you the truth. If you don't have enough vitamin, vitamins, eh, you just start behaving like you're not normal. And a, a, a woman that she struggled all through her youth, you know, you understand my point? She's still in the video and all of that. Sometimes nutritional deficiency with dementia. You say she's a witch. She's not a witch. Sometimes you can kill a lot of this witchcraft with money. Just, just send money periodically, send food, send good things, send good foods, good clothing. Even the ones that were witches are delivered by force. How much more the ones that were not witches? No, sometimes a lot of these problems we have, I just feel like dropping it before we start praying. A lot of those problems, we, 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 are, we are not tactful. I hope you're getting my point. We are not tactful. If you are tactful in life, just, know, just basically knowing how to relate. I mean, a, a, a woman has been attached to her son all her life. Because Cinderella came now. Do you understand what I'm saying? Suddenly her life will now change. Cinderella. Or, or is this Snow White? Which one is your name? This, you have to understand that she will go through some struggles. I hope you're getting my point. Cooperate. Just you and your husband talk behind and pretend in, in quote, in quote, in a good way. Don't behave like you are, leave your husband to do the needful. Use style, you know, to handle the situation. You don't just wake up in the morning. Some people, look, they've been nice boys. Some of, some of us have been stubborn before we married our wife, so they couldn't blame her. My mother, I believe, I was stubborn for a long time. When I, you know, I started practicing faith in university. I know what of faith people, they were very stubborn people. I was one of them. God has said, we don't care what anybody else says. So before, that, before I met my wife, they just knew that this guy is stubborn. Do you follow my point? Now, I had my personal stubbornness before that. Too. The word of faith now donated extra spiritual stubbornness to me. So my wife could not be, could not be accused of anything. But some people are not like that. They've been very nice all their lives. Look at this guy, just seeing nice. <laughs> then when he marries now, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm telling people the truth. When he now marries now, the first thing that the, woman, the mother will now notice, that suddenly he's saying no. And you say, check him. Who will you blame? It's Cinderella, I'm telling you. You have to... Listen, people of God, it is Cinderella you will blame. Now, please, Cinderella and her husband, I'm talking to the two of you. So what you now need to do is just use style. Do you get my point? Never, that is, uh, we can't discuss that in detail now. You can take it away from our prayer. I just feel like discuss drawing for some people. Some people are having problems, mother-in-law issues that are not issues. They are not issues. You just need to be tactful. Just be nice. Just go out of your way and do some, you know, some things you normally wouldn't do. Before, I didn't believe in calling anybody. First, I didn't grow up with phones anyway, so why should I call you? I think that, maybe that's part of my wife's problem. She, they had phone in their house. You understand my point? The day of 052, one of the few phone numbers I, I knew in my life was the, the one in their house. 052256. What was your beneath phone number that time? Our house, we didn't have phone, so calling anybody? No. <laughs> It's true. So you know some habits you did not have. So my mother-in-law will now say, after two weeks, say, ha, it's been a million years. Those early days are like, how can it be a million years? We spoke two weeks ago. 
But, you know, it took me a while to realize that this thing matters to these people, though. So, you know what I started doing? After a while, ah, my wife, I will not call your mother in a while. We will not call your father. Because we, you know, fathers in law, they are not wizards. It's the women that are witches, so <laughs> they, don't, they don't have any problem. Once they will just say, ah, we will not call your mother for some time. We will just call. I still don't call as often as I should, you understand? I just want people to understand, listen, sometimes we create problems because of lack of tact. Sometimes we create problems because of lack of tact. I just realized that in that local. Now, after some time, if I don't hear my mother, my mother-in-law's voice, I will call her. Ah, mommy, me go. Hey, Banky, how your babe? Ah, she did right here with me. Give her the phone. Send for where are my children, my my grandchildren. Uh, so they are not here. If they are there, I call them. Where? That's all. she's not asking for any of that thing. No? Just pass that phone around. They then just talk, 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 talk. You talk, you hang the phone. That way, she thinks I'm an angel, you know? Like, forget my face, but she just thinks this guy, some help. just phone call. But sometimes we take offense. Do you, uh, please, I hope you're getting my point. I hope you're getting my point. I, I feel like teaching more marriage, you know, you, but we can't stay there. But please, just be taxed. That's what I'm going to say. If, if you have people that are making too, much, too many demands, okay, Cinderella, you're not the one that will say no. You're not the one that will say, eh, he doesn't have money. He doesn't have money. He, 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 no matter how much it is paining you, sh- shut him out. Let him be the one to go and explain to his parents, say, listen, I can't afford it. Not now. Pret- that is, pret- be smiling as if you're always on their side. Maybe why you know you're on your husband's side. Some of these witchcraft will disappear. I said, but I dreamt my mother-in-law was poking me in the eye. She was dreaming you were poking her in the nose. At the same time, <laughs> the same night. That same night, as she was poking you in the eye, so were you poking her in the nose. And her son got injured while separating the two of you in her dream. All those dreams, you know what they are? Your fear speaking. And Satan will now sit on it. You're doing two of you like this. Carry your head. <clears throat> Knock two heads together. Then your fears will now become real. You now start doing witchcraft things. You now go to church. Every mother-in-law that is standing in your pathway, this year they will die. Poor woman will not have heart failure. And you know who's responsible? You. You. Wicked soul. I ban you from going to such churches again in Jesus' name. Amen. Any church where they are making your mother-in-law a prayer point, or your father-in-law, or your sister-in-law, or your husband, or whoever, making any witch a prayer point, I ban you from going there in Jesus' name. Unless the prayer points, the Lord love them, save them, show them mercy. Let them come to the knowledge of truth. But all this die, die, die thing, please, it is not helping you. That just to drop from one or two, I don't know. It just stayed on my mind. I feel like we should just drop it. Let's not get back to our message and then we'll rise up to pray. So, the point we're making is this. Prayer is not for changing mundane things. It's the way by which God brings the reality of heaven into the earth in our lives. I hope you're getting my point. When Jesus taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. He was saying, you are stepping into things. You are inside situations, inside challenges. You are not going to overcome by your strength. You are not going to overcome by your own energy. You are going to overcome by the bread. And the Bible says that Elijah went in the strength of that meal, 40 days to Mount Horeb. I hope I get my point. Those days, my pastor preached a very powerful message. That the reason, listen, I never saw it like that. In fact, it was years later I understood it. He said, why did Joshua believe Moses? Why did they believe God? Why did they believe they could take the promised land? 
Why did Caleb believe? Why did they believe they could take the promised land and face the giants? He said it is simple because they were one of the few, listen to this, that did not crave the meat of Egypt, but they ate manna with gladness. By feeding on manna, they gained strength. By feeding on manna, they saw giants they could not be afraid. By feeding on manna. So Jesus said, come on, when you have challenges, when you want to pray, say, give us what? This day. Our daily bread. You know how Zerubbabel uh, succeeded? He said it was through the prophesying of Haggai and of what the second prophet, two prophets prophesied for him. Hey, let me get the scripture out. We'll read it and then we'll start praying. Ezra chapter 6, verse 14. Okay, not Zerubbabel, the, the, the elders. For time's sake, we'll just read it. And the elders of the Jews... Well, now, I think I want, are, are, are we all there? Yeah, can we all read together verse 14? Ezra chapter 6, verse 14. If you are ready, say amen. amen. Alright, one, two, let's go. And the elders of the Jews were successful in building through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Edo. Let's stop there. That's what I want you to understand. The Bible says, if you read the American standard here, he said they were successful. How? Through the prophesying of Haggai, the prophet, and Zechariah, the son of Edo. That the success comes into your life through prophecy. I, I hope you get my point. Not just one word, but the constant flow of that word. Not that it was something I've heard before. No, each season of your life, God is giving you what? A word. And that is what brings success. That's why I told Joshua, if you want to succeed, this book of the law will not depart from your mouth. You will do what? Meditate daring day and night. Please, there are statements we don't make. It's difficult to do this in this country. This kind of, this kind of thing does not work. This will not allow you to succeed. If you say that, you are behaving like the people of Israel. And you know what God is saying? You want to die in the wilderness. Right to your feet. Let us pray. So what do we do with prayer? We are using it to collect what? The bread from heaven. We are not using it to chase mundane bread. We are not using it to chase physical bread. No. That's not what prayer is for. For us, prayer is the way by which we get the bread that comes down from heaven. We're not there chasing food, chasing, um, you know, uh, wealth, chasing honor, saying this is my year of promotion. No, we're saying, God, what is your word for this season with which I will face the giants of my life? Let's start by giving the Lord thanks. Say, Lord, thank you. Thank you. Because enemies have been taken care of. Thank you. Because my needs have been taken care of. Thank you. Because those things have been taken care of. Thank you, because you have called me to a higher level of praying. Say, Lord, thank you, because you have called me to a higher level of prayer. Give the Lord thanks this evening. Say, Lord, thank you, for you have called me to a higher level of praying. Say to him, I forsake the lower levels. You know the lower level now? Praying for wealth. Praying for honor. Praying for long life. Praying for the lives of your enemies. Say, Lord, I forsake those lower levels. I forsake the lower levels. I forsake spiritualism. Fighting with, you know, flesh and blood in what I call prayer. Fighting the seniors in my office, my so-called enemies in the office. Say, Lord, I forsake those lower levels. Forsake them, forsake them. I want to hear your voices pray. Say, Lord, I forsake those lower levels. I forsake the lower levels. What I will eat, what I will drink, with what will I clothe myself. I forsake those lower levels. Focusing on my lack, focusing on my need. I forsake those lower levels. 
I come up to a higher level, praying in such a manner that God is pleased. Praying for wisdom in such a manner that God is pleased. Having a sense of purpose. I come up to a higher level. There's a higher level in Christ Jesus. There's a higher level in Christ Jesus. Say to the Lord this evening, say, Lord, I come up to a higher level. I come up to a higher level in prayer. This evening, I come up to a higher level in prayer. I lift up to a higher level in prayer. I step into this noble call. Later on, we'll talk about it. God wants to birth things on this earth, and he wants us to pray the right way. He wants to birth things on this earth, and he wants us to pray the right way. When Jesus was going to be born, he needed the Simeons and the Hannahs to pray until Jesus will come safely. He needed people like that to pray to preserve him as a little boy. He needed people like that to pray to support Mary. He needed people like that to pray to support Joseph. That's a higher level. But this is the letter stand and say, Lord, I receive that call. I receive that call. I receive that call. I receive the call. I receive the call. I receive that call and I accept it. I step into that level in the name of Jesus. I step into that new level in the name of Jesus Christ. I understand what your bread is. Now I want you to pray. Say, Lord, give me this day my daily bread. Now you understand what that means now. Lord, my daily bread, the bread for this season. The bread for this season. Uh, describe where you are right now. You've just gotten married. You just started a business. You are launching out in a career. You've just been transferred. You are going to a place they say it is difficult. You're about to step into a ministry of some sort. You just gave birth to a little child. There is a season. I mean, being a mother is a different matter. There is a word you need for that season. There is a word you need for that season. Any new season of our lives, we must step into it with a word. We must step into it with a word. And periodically, God will give you another word. And that's the word you pray for. Say, Lord, I don't want to struggle. I don't want to do your will with my own power. Give me this day my daily bread. Pray that prayer. My Father, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth. We'll talk about that kingdom come and the will next time. But I pray, give me, Lord, this day my daily bread. There is a bread I need for this season. I wanted to declare, like, I don't know, we've been talking about it, but pray. Say, Lord, I love my relatives. I love my father-in-law. I love my mother-in-law. I love people. I love them. They are not a problem. I forgive them. And Lord, forgive me of my own trespasses. I may have offended people. Every bad wish, every negative wish I've had towards them, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. I forgive them. I forgive them of anything they may have done against me. But by your love, Lord, I interact with them from today. Give me this day my deliverance. Let's back to our message. Get back to our prayer. Lord, I need a bread for this season. Even this season of forgiveness, I need a bread to walk by. The fact that you are forgiving people or you are being tactful towards them does not mean they will start behaving perfectly. You still need a bread. You need that bread. Jesus said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven and he's the word of God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God and the word became flesh. Yes. So Jesus said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. Is a word of God that came down from heaven. Give me this day my daily bread. Give me this day my daily bread. Give me this day my daily bread. Say, Lord, there is a word. That's what, we're just taking time out to pray for that word. Though. Sometimes God says, you are not living this season into the next one. Because you have not fulfilled the assignment of this season. And I'm telling you this evening by the Spirit of God. Why were you not able to fulfill the assignment of this season? 
because you did not have bread. Elijah was tired. Why? He lacked bread. He lacked bread. So an angel came and baked it for him. An angel came and cooked food for him. And then suddenly strength came into him. Enough strength to run for 40 days. Enough strength to go for 40 days and 40 nights. Give me this day, Lord, my daily bread. I need my bread. I need my bread. I don't want to be on the same level. Now, we're not talking about material things, but God has his plan for your life. You have to move from one stage to the next stage. And you cannot complete this stage until you have your bread. So we know. Why was Elijah tired? Why did he run from Jezebel? It was lack of bread. His energy had finished. It was lack of bread. Why was he wishing to die? Lack of bread. Why was he wishing to die? Lack of bread. Lack of bread. <laughs> Listen, in life right now you may be frustrated. It is not because of lack of money. It's not because of lack of this. Oh, I don't have a husband. I don't have a wife. I don't have children. I don't have a friend. I don't. No! He says lack of bread. That when people lack bread, they would get tired of life. Say, Lord, give me this day my daily bread. Say, I'm tired of living. My fourth year after I left university, or I graduated from wherever you were studying, I don't have a job yet, I don't have a decent income. This is, is everybody's drinking sniper. It is because they have no bread. It's because they have no bread. It's because they have no bread. It's because they have no bread. You are in an office, you are discouraged, you are tired. It's, la- it's lack of bread. That also happened to Elijah. So what do you pray for? Give me this day that bread from heaven. My manna, my manna, my manna from heaven. Lord, give me my manna from heaven. My manna from heaven. Ah, take time out to pray. Lord, I need my manna from heaven. Many times I've seen people discouraged. Some people relocate because they are discouraged. Those are the ones who used to read James and the Chase. There was a book called Have a Change of Sin. <laughs> that was the first time I heard of that. When people are tired, they want to change their sin. I mean, they don't go long enough. Let me just move. Let me just leave. Let me just leave here. Let me just go to Calabar. Let me just leave. Let me go to Calabar. When I go to Calabar, all of that is lack of bread. Before you get up, before you leave, a word must come from heaven. The reactions come differently from the Holy Spirit. Sometimes he will say, Arise, take the child and his mother, move to Egypt. There are times he will say to Isaac, don't move, don't move, stay in that land, stay in that land, stay in that land. I don't want to go anywhere, stay in that land. There was a time the brook dried. Then God said to Elijah, now get up. This is where I wanted to go. It's not because God couldn't bring water there. He wanted Elijah to go and save the life of a widow. If it was because of hunger, God would have sent Elijah to the house of a rich person. He went to a person who had her last meal. He carried the anointing of God there. Sometimes you need to relocate, but not to a more prosperous place, but to the place where the anointing of God will cause the land to flourish. Give me this day my daily bread. That's the key. That's how to know the difference. Like I said, as believers, we need prayer. We walk with prayer. We're not talking about prayer. You know, the one we just used to get our own personality. No, 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 no. I want a new issue. No. We pray until the will of God is done in our lives and around us. Say, pray this evening. Say, Lord, give me my bread for this season. Give me my bread for this season. Give me my bread for this season. What is bread? The word from heaven. What is bread? The grace to carry you through this season. 
Sometimes you are in a difficult situation. Sometimes, like Jeremiah said, God said, I've kept here, kept you here in a difficult place. But you will not be sustained except you have a bread. A woman wrote us from a distant, a, a, a far country where she's gone to work, and the condition is so bad. She said, what has kept me alive and kept me well is that I discovered your website. And thank you for making the messages free. I've loaded my, mess- my, my device with it. I listen to the message morning and evening. God, by those words, gave her bread and is sustaining her. Pray, say, Lord, give me my bread. That's what this bread is about. That's what bread is about. That's what bread is about. That's what we use prayer for. The bread from heaven. You need to step into a new season. You are comfortable where you are, but a bread will come and move you to a new level. If you are struggling right now, it's bread you need. God leaves those struggles to help us know that we are lacking something spiritual. Say, Lord, give me my bread. I'm in a new season. I need bread. I'm in a season for a while. I, need to, I may have to move. I need bread. You know what Jesus said? Listen to this. Can you stop praying? Listen to this. He said, which one amongst you when the child asks for bread and you will give him stone, give him a stone, or ask for fish, you give him what? A serpent. What was he saying? If you ask God for bread, what will he do? Answer me like you are here. So give thanks because he has given it to you. Say, Lord, I thank you. I thank you because I have bread. I thank you because you have heard me. This is the will, or that this is the confidence we have towards him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Say, Lord, thank you. Say, Lord, thank you. We give you thanks. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we have prayed. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. No need to ask if you were blessed because I'm sure you were. Amen. And you just go in this, at least the bread that you have for today, you will go in that strength and daily God will supply your bread for you. In the name of Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. If you are blessed this evening, just tell your neighbor, say, I was blessed. Tell your neighbor, I have my bread. And I will keep having my bread. Once again, let us give God thanks and say, Lord, we thank you. For every time we come, you give us fresh bread. Not still one, fresh bread. Like you have received this evening again. Fresh bread. You will come again. We don't get tired. So you keep getting hungry. God keeps feeding you. The words from heaven. Father, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have given thanks. Amen. Let's share the grace as we go. If today is your first time of coming, um, I believe a magazine was given to you. If you don't have this magazine, please just put your hands up and um, somebody will give you the magazine. Because what we're about to do, you will find in that magazine. All right. Please turn to page 11 of that magazine. And you see at the bottom a box there written at the close of meetings. This is how we share the grace in unison. Have you seen it? All right. So for the rest of us, let's share the grace in unison. One, two, three, go. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we are passed out of death and we are passed into life. We are passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We are passed out of under the curse into the blessing. All things are passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is a season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Give that to two of your neighbors, one to your left and one to your right. Say, this is your season, dominion and manifestation in the